0: Good evening. Tonight is the uh, nineteenth of April, two thousand and twenty-three. I'm speaking to you from Vernon, British Columbia, not in Canada, (laughs) and uh, it's pretty well spring, and it's uh, getting starting to get warmer here in in British Columbia. The I'm in a different place right now. I moved in last night. It's a uh, same. I'm in the same place, but in a different unit. I'm in a bigger place and uh, much better. Got a separate bedroom, and living room, and bathroom, and shower, and whatever. It's pretty good. <clears throat> I would like to. Mentioned something tonight about what people uh, grow up believing. I, I remember growing up and uh, it, it really hit me when I was about, I don't know, 19 years old maybe. And my uncle, uh, dad's brother, only brother he had, his name was Sturry. He died at when he was sixty three of uh, basically sugar diabetes he didn't want to look after it and he hated it and whatever else and he had a he had a heart attack and died and uh, I remember that funeral the uh, they had three sisters uh, and they were uh, I forget how old, but, you know, not very. They were quite young, actually. But anyway, at the funeral, this was in a Lutheran church, in a local Lutheran church. And I remember the, especially the two sisters, were carrying on something fierce, you know, to uh, see who could put on the biggest uh, uh, show for sorrow and gosh knows what. And I swear they were looking at, peeking at each other to see how each other was doing, and uh, then you know this business of, uh, oh, he's in a much better place now, and you know he's in heaven looking down at us and stuff. He didn't even go to church, and I thought to myself, you you know, this is, there's something wrong here. And that went on for quite a while, that doubt, you know. And uh, then when I got to be, I don't know, 50 years old or 45 maybe. No, it would be less than that. it would be about 38. And I started listening to stuff. I worked for a pipeline company and I was on the road every day. And I, you know, radio in the truck and I started listening to stuff. And I started listening to this uh, World of Tomorrow stuff from Pasadena, California, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong. You know, I I hadn't heard of him before. I didn't know anything about him. But he, you know, he just, he was such a speaker, you know. He entertained. I tell you, I could be driving around in the oil fields and listen to him. He was on like every night every day, four or five o'clock at night, sometimes seven. Uh, and he was more entertaining than listening to music, I can tell you that. And, yeah, he was He was, He was. was a firebrand preacher. And he made sense. That's the thing. I was going to the Lutheran church, and, you know, I went quite a bit when I was younger. And the thing was, it was just like a rote thing, you went there, you sang a couple of hymns, and they were draggy things, you know, and uh, put a little bit in the collection plate and sat around, and then you'd get up and leave, and you'd kind of look and see what how long you've been there, sure, it must be over pretty soon, and that kind of stuff. And I went to that church for about 60 years, and Finally, I quit going. I'm, what's the use? I'm not getting any. I don't get anything out of this. I, I've gotten anything out of this in 60 years. I couldn't tell you one thing I learned there. <coughs> but this uh, Herbert W. Armstrong and the Worldwide Church or World Tomorrow thing started me uh, listening to different uh, broadcasts. And he was, you know, quoting the Bible and this and that and this and that, and it got me to kind of looking into it. And I didn't read the Bible that great or anything, but I read, I read what he was referring to. And what got me was that, uh, you know, the opposite of what all these churches preach. That Jesus Christ said, no one has gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven. And he said, you will, when you die, you go to sleep with your fathers. That's the way he put it. Until the resurrection. And if you are resurrected in the first resurrection, you basically going to live for a thousand years and there's no second death for you. So it's the best resurrection. The second resurrection is for the entire world and the ones who weren't qualified to be in the first one. But here's the thing. When you got religions galore, this one kind of believes that a little different there. And then this one over here, oh no, he's not that. He's a little different there. You know, that, that's too bad. It, that's that's not good. No good for anybody because they can't all be right. But the thing is, the music industry, hymns and songs and stuff, oh, well, you know, I'll fly away, ball glory, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to fly away anywhere. And there's no one going to heaven. Heaven is, Jesus Christ says, is coming here. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and where I'm at, you will be too. And when you read, especially in Revelation, I tell you, that's a a person should read that over and over and over, which I have done. Not so much reading it. I've listened to it on my cell phone a lot, and on the internet. And... um, that's a direct last uh, message or whatever that Jesus Christ gave to this world. And he gave it to John. His, uh, I guess he was one of his disciples. And, you know, to me, Revelation is pff, the greatest book practically in the Bible, I think, we'll that. Uh, I mean, it has everything in there. When you read the the description of the city of God, for instance, the thickness of the walls and how many foundations and how wide it is. The walls are like what is, uh, 100 feet thick or something. But anyway, 1500 miles long, and 1,500 miles high square. It's basically describing a cube. I would think. I don't think it's in that uh, pyramid or anything like <sighs> Can you imagine that? But what gets me the most is that people believe things that are not in the Bible and the thing that Jesus Christ said. Now I've gotten to the point where I don't believe, I can't say that I trust and believe preachers totally, except if they quote from the Bible word for word, that I'll believe, or preachers or politicians or friends or relatives or whoever who think they know better. When they think they've been told some story of some kind, and they convert that to thinking that is their idea, they know this now. No, they don't, and they perpetrate a lot of a lot of lies and BS, especially in politics and religion. When you when I see people so wrapped up in like in the Catholic church and I've seen women especially who are Catholic, we could cut it with a knife and when I see the, what the Catholic church stands for it is like may as well say the biggest anti-Christ thing there is on the planet and because they're that big and they're you know, promise things that people like to hear. Ugh. But anyway, the main point of what I'm talking about is that, and it's, it's, it's so important that um, you can believe what Jesus Christ said. Of course, I should get a, a red letter Bible, By right, I see they have them, where everything that Christ said is all in red letters. His exact his words. That I could believe in. Totally. And what God has said in the Old Testament through his prophets and through whatever, you know. And the, uh, the that, that's believable. And, and I think that it's the crux of everything. You know, God says, if you believe that I, God says, if you believe I sent my son to this world to die for you. And that was decided before there was even a world that he, the Lamb of God, was to be slain for the sins of the world. Before there was a world, which means God had a plan and he does have a plan. And I believe he does have a plan. I believe he's got a plan it started day one and will end up day whatever, and then it'll carry on forever after that. But the uh, huh. you know, funny thing, I'm gonna. I said this on another podcast or video. But uh, about a week ago, I think it was about like the 12th of April, uh, Yeah, we had to burn a pile of lumber and brush and whatever at this project. And the burning season was going to be open over on the 15th of April. This was about the 11th. And we were watching the weather forecast and everything because... This burn pile is on the edge of the property. You know, it's 451 homes, so it had to be on the edge of the property. We're going to burn it because we had to wait till the wind was in the proper direction, which meant it had to be north or northeast. And it was just south all the time. Every day, more south, 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 south. So, I think it was on the 11th, I, uh, I said to myself, well, the only thing to do is ask for a north wind, and we'll ask the one who's in charge of the weather, and that is God. So, I prayed, and I said to God, would you allow us to have a north wind on Wednesday for about four hours, so we can burn this brush pile, and, uh, I would appreciate that very much. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus for this. Thank you very much. And that's all I did. I was sitting in the car doing that, looking there. And I never said anything to anybody. And uh, I came out on, I guess it was Tuesday morning. And he was uh, spraying some diesel on the brush to try to get it ready. And he was going to light it because there was no wind. Just absolutely no wind right at that moment. I told him, no, you better not. You can't do it. I said, there's going to be a south wind. We can't do it. I said, tomorrow, let's see what it is tomorrow. We might be better off tomorrow. I came out on Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock, maybe a few minutes before, and he had already lit the fire. And it was burning pretty good. And I just sat there and pulled up, and I was watching it. And it was a nice, soft wind from the north, north, sort of northeast. And it was blowing the smoke away just like that. I took my phone out, and I looked at the forecast again. And I said, I looked at it. You know, 9 a.m. in the morning or whatever, what's the wind direction? South, said. It was still saying south and we had a north wind blowing the smoke away for four hours. <laughs> you think about that. I can't argue about that. I mean that is. You could you can look up the records what it what it was. That's what it was. But we burnt it. And at about eleven fifteen, we had burnt it down good enough. And I told him, you know, put the Put the fire hose to it and, and, and kill it. Kill it all out now because it's burnt down good enough. By 11 o'clock, 11, no, about 11.15, the wind turned to the south again. And it would been south for a couple of days again. Now, you can say what you like. Yep. That's, a, that's a natural fact that happened. I'm not making this up. <laughs> you know, And I, thank God, I said, thank you very much. Because that's something, God can do that. There's nothing he can't do, but the amazing part that he does it is just amazing to me. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. All I did is ask him, could inject a north wind for four hours. And it did. And I would think that that's why. So, you know, it to me, it just reinforces the fact that, you know, prayer is, is so powerful. And that all changed when uh, Christ was crucified that day, at three o'clock in the afternoon. And that, uh, that great robe in the temple ripped in half. The robe that the priest had to go, be special priest, could go behind the curtain and uh, pray to God. And, and it was a holy place or something. Now it's wide open to anybody. And it is. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You have the right to, to call on the creator of the universe. The guy, not the guy, he's not a man. The entity, the God that created you and made a system for you to be created, create something else and, and go on and on and on. All automatic. But what I like about it is the idea that God has a plan and this plan is so so uh, fi- fine it covers every single thing thing that happens it's like all, has been, all this is to me I don't know if this is right or not but whether all this sort of has gone through a, a run already and now it's going through the actual one and because somehow or another it would have to be all put together in God's mind because he says I can tell you what the beginning is and what the end is So, it had to be a plan and a system already in place. All the things that are going to develop, all the things that are going to disappear, all the, every, you know, God says he knows when a sparrow drops. He knows the amount of hairs on your head. The problem is, we have a tough time trying to understand this kind of a, a being that has this power, unlimited power. Now we can't, we can't visualize that. We can talk about it and think about it, but to think of something that has unlimited power, unlimited wisdom, you know, and has, has existed forever—that's even harder to think about. And the other thing is that <laughs> Jesus says that uh, the kingdom of God is coming to this planet earth and before it comes he's going to uh, Christ is going to be in charge of the planet for a thousand years, which in God's time is about one day in his time and then, and then the uh, i think no then the uh, planet is purged with fire everyone is will be taken off after the thousand years and the great white throne judgment and all that and i don't know how long that is but that could take many many years to do that and then it says that this planet is going to be purged by fire. In other words, what I take from that is that this planet, Earth, is going to be one big ball of fire. It's going to be burnt to a crisp and it has to would have to get rid of every single thing that humanity was able to do on this planet to purify it because God is so holy that he can't come here with, there can't be anything that would have to be totally purified for him to come here. And to think that the creator of the universe, who's lived forever, has chosen this little blue ball planet, you know, that's amazing. We don't go anywhere. Heaven comes here. Well, I guess it's heaven. Heaven is wherever God is. The Father is. So if he comes here, that means that this is, the kingdom of God is heaven. I, I call it heaven. And the, uh, oh, I, uh it is a pretty mind-boggling thing. Now the thing is, uh, There's more to it than that. There's the fact that uh, one thing that strikes out to me is that Jesus did say, he said that there will be those who will be the greatest in the kingdom and those who will be the least. That covers a big, big amount of possibilities. Now, you know, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that People are going to be let in uh, for different reasons. Or the th- the thing is, the other thing that's very important to me, I think at least, and to understand, is that he says he wants sons. He wants many sons. Don't ask me how much many is. I don't know if it's a million or billion. Or how many? I don't know. But. What about women who are no longer going to be in the kingdom of God by the sound of it? He says there's no marriage or anything in heaven. And there's no requirement for two sexes or for the womb. Now, I imagine that makes women say that that can't be, you know, we're just as good as men and blah, 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 blah. Which is the reason why it won't be. No battle of sexes for eternity, but I would think that if they they believe in Jesus Christ and they believe in God sent him, and, uh, they you know they believe the same as a man does. It doesn't matter that they will be resurrected the same as a man, as a they claim what it'd be like. They'll look like basically. They'll look, you know, have no characteristics, I guess, but they will be like a fairly young male, maybe a 20-year-old male or something. You know, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they'd be just as equal as anyone that way. And, you know, I'm sure there's not going to be no... Battle of the sexes in the in a, in an eternal world, it wouldn't be allowed. So there are things you know there are that people have to think about and not decide that they that they should it should be this way or that way because that's what they like. It's got nothing to do with what we want or like. You have to try to understand what it is God wants and what and. Find out what that is, if possible. So, when they uh, start singing with a, you know the roll up up yonder, what is it? The, when they call a roll up yonder, I'll be there. Well, we're not going up yonder. You know, great pray, praying to heaven. Well, you're not going to be on that either. You know, that's. I, it just makes me shudder sometimes when I hear those things because they are they are false that's, that's false stuff and there's religions that teach that you know uh Catholics do different religions well a lot of them do most of them do I never heard I never heard one word about that in sixty years in the Lutheran Church Not one word. And they have the same Bible as I can read. But the thing is, you think about it, it makes sense. And the, uh, the thing about it is, it's actually very good news. That people can look forward to that. Anyway, that's all I got to tell you about tonight, and I appreciate I appreciate very much listening this long and everything. And if you'd like to subscribe, it would it would be good for me. Anyway, uh, if you want to, that's fine. And we're going to say good night for now, and God bless you, and God keep you. Thank you.